Ladies and gentlemen, the time has come. This is the Eat Sleep Elite Repeat Podcast. Your weekly AEW review and breakdown. Introducing of the hour. It's gnarly. Let's go! I don't even know how I made my voice sound that quiet there. I just like faded it out. That was <laughs> anyway. Some good wrestling this week there, Chaz. There's a lot. You know, I actually had a friend whose first name actually was Chaz. Like it was spelled like, just Chaz. Like just really. One Z. What a dude. But anyway, he was you cool. Know, right? I like that shout guy. out Chaz. Respect Chaz. No Chaz, dude. Chaz watched wrestling. He might watch. He might listen to this show. But anyway, um, <laughs> I don't think he's in AEW though. But um, anyway. Uh, that, uh, that being said, imagine Chaz is listening to the show. Holy shit. I went to college with him. Anyway, um, to be some shit, but anyway, um, yeah, but anyway, so, but yeah, some really good wrestling this week. Uh, there is always a lot of wrestling too. That's like, a, we a say litany. some weeks we had a lot of wrestling. We had a lot of wrestling this week. It's so might have been the thickest be, uh... week we've had in a while. The, the last one I can think of that was this bad was when there was, uh, like, a big WWE pay-per-view that we were actually semi-interested in for some reason. I don't know why we were, but we were. And also, like, an AEW pay-per-view and, like, a, a, a big AEW weekly like week show or something like that. It was, like, a big stack for a couple of weeks there. But Yeah, so... Um, but either way, you know, we, you, you, you know, you hate it, but you love it at the same time because it's, like, so much to watch. It's so hard to keep track of. Like, this show's happening on a Tuesday, I think. Right? Yes, I don't even yeah, know what day is, these, It's coming out on Tuesday. Some of these people are going to be catching it on Wednesday. Like, yo, where the fuck's the show? People Look, are like, well, how does he not know it, what day it is? I've lived a lot streaming. of wrestling. I've been, well, I've, been, I've been watching a lot of wrestling, but I've been streaming like nonstop the last like four or five days. Like basically, I mean, I think there was I, one day I streamed like seven hours without even blinking. Well, I, I buffed it, but blinked. But you know, like I just did it without, and I had taken like a week off, and I just came back and I was like out of the gate strong. So, but anyway, um, yeah, so. But that being said, there was there was a lot of excuse me. There's a lot of stuff to talk about, so I'll go ahead and get this uh, stuff out of the way that we do at the top of the show. First and foremost, you can follow us both on Twitter. I'm at Dane Duke. That's B A N E D U K E, and you can follow Charlie at O Charlie with an X instead of an A. So, um, that being said, though, there's also a lot of podcast platforms you could potentially be listening to this show on. It'd be that Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify. Uh, uh, Amazon Music, or sorry, well, Amazon Podcast is it Amazon Music or Amazon Podcast. I think it anyway, technically is Amazon Music, yeah. I guess it is on Amazon Music. Anyway, the point is, um, it, that you could also be listening, I think, on Pandora. You could be listening on, uh, you could be listening on, uh, I'm, I'm losing track. Uh, there's so many of them. Uh, so many. Any podcast platform that you can think of. Um, I mean, obviously, you're Literally. listening to it on one of those. Whichever one of those you're on, there's either an option to follow or subscribe or to, in some way, support the show, um, you know, and you can do that to make sure you get the new show in your feed every week so that you can stay up to date with it. And uh, make sure you do that as well as uh, leaving us a little review, you know, five star frog splash, or if it's not stars, whatever the rating system is on that particular app. Hello, what have we here? As well as, uh, you know, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Eat Sleep Elite, I believe is what the tag is, right, right, Charlie? Yep, Eat Sleep Elite, uh, pop a follow over there. We'll uh, give you guys a follow back, you know, try and form a little community over yeah, there. we do a little so. bit of communication. I'm going to be on there more. Uh, I've been super busy trying to, like, play video games and stream and also not lose my mind. So, you know, like, it's – I know it sounds like the weirdest thing to be like, oh, but, like, no, like, it's – been- <laughs> it's been it's been a weird couple of weeks for me. <laughs> so I've been just trying to figure it out. I, dude, I took a week off without even realizing it. That's how weird it was. Like, I – anyway, um – 
That's, yeah, that's so, how you know you're burnt out. But, you exactly. Know, like, and, and you know, so we will be diving into some final battle. You know, we'll be absolutely. talking about uh, the Ring of Honor television deal. So Ring we have Con. some stuff to talk about today. And uh, at the end of the show, we're not going to do a whole separate uh, podcast just because uh, it's not too many matches announced. We'll do our winner is coming predictions. Yeah, we'll so, do like a little bit of that. Whatever. Yeah, because we right now, like House of Black, we don't know who they're facing. We don't know who Jericho's facing. So it's it's pretty easy to predict the House of Black's probably going to win. You know like, exactly. So. so no need to have a whole show on it, but we will get to all that at the end. So this will be a fully fleshed out show here. Absolutely, we, we could be on the on the north end of two hours this time, which we try to be under two hours. But <laughs> look, it's looking pretty rough with how much we have to talk about. But um, but as long as you're happy to stick with us, we will give you the most entertaining show we possibly can. Which is uh, which is why our format is why it is, Charlie. I mean, we talked about that early on. Like, yeah, this show wouldn't be able to work at the length that it does if we had like a super strict like how this has to be every week. Like last week, I think we started somewhere like random just because we, we can, you know, like um, anyway, that being said though, uh, we're going to start what we always do, which is with our favorite things. Cause we always like to start off the show with a little bit of positivity, you know, um, is it that what is power positivity? Is that what a, uh, what news they always talked about? Yeah. Or, you know? Shout out the new uh, NXT tag team champions, new day. Yeah. So, such a, okay. Well, I'll just stay for a second. Such a weird decision. All right. Anyway, um... <laughs> hearing that out of context, it's like, wait, what? what? Why? Anyway, um, Darn Allison. Anyway, um, that's where my brain went too. <laughs> Darn Allison. Bro, we're, all right, we're we're on the same wavelength. Anyway, um, so yeah. That being said, though, my uh, I it's my week to start. Uh, I got the little, I got the nod. I'm on the bump. I'm throwing the first pitch. The first pitch, not a curveball. Not not you know. N- I'm going high heat. Well, I guess there's not a lot Ooh, of heat in this match. Okay, but I'm going. You know, I'm just going. You know, fastball down the middle because it's exactly what everybody expects. You like that i like that anyway um <laughs> that's good i thought about that while i was saying that but anyway so yeah we had a very fantastic match to open up rampage this week uh between my i think my favorite uh, aw acquisition in 2022 that is um not gonna be i don't know if i'm gonna i don't i don't think i'm gonna have him for best signing probably but if i i, I probably could but it I wish he had been here more, you know, like if he had been, I yeah. probably would have. It went um, from being a four month excursion to now potentially full-time roster. I, th- I think that's the idea. I think it's like, there's a partnership between them and DDT now, which is one of the things I remember asking for on the show a couple of months ago. Like if you can get a partnership with them, even if it's just to get Kanosuke and maybe a few other people, which they obviously already used that to get the match for Eddie. So, I mean, if they're, if they're that level, if they're giving Eddie his dream match, you know, like, I think yeah. that's a pretty tight relationship. So I'm, I'm really excited that the potentially maybe you get some DDT people maybe going over to New Japan and some stuff too, because of that relationship. You know what I'm saying? Like there's like a really crazy opportunity. Forbidden Door doesn't just have to be a Japan thing. You could have DDT people. You could have women from like, um, oh, who's the, did they just get a partnership with like some women's promotion over there? I want to say like, well, we know what they have with Regina, with, uh, with the, that promotion. What is the, the wave promotion? And obviously, uh, yeah, that Tokyo well. Joshi Pro. Yeah, 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 that's right. And uh, I, I, in the ice ribbon, whatever that is, the uh, whatever I forget, uh, Excalibur says. My point is, but Kanosuke, phenomenal acquisition, and uh, this is, I believe, his second match with John Moxley. Um, and uh, just everything you could want. Plus, I mean, because you know, John Moxley doesn't give a shit. He'll let you beat the absolute piss out of him. You know, um, <laughs> and Kanosuke will absolutely do it. You know, he's like, "Yep, I'll do it. Yep, you want me to beat you up? Yep, <laughs> I can do that. I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> I, I'm all game with that." um we also got something that's been happening on ever since hitosuke came back he's been wrestling on dark for the most part um and in every match that he's been having they had don Callis come out 
Um, and I mean, you were talking about that on the, on the show every week. We were like, oh, this is interesting. You know, I wonder if Don Callis is going to try and recruit him because we know he's got friendship with Kenny. Like he knows Kenny Omega from DDT. So, you know, uh, there could be a match there. It could be a partnership there. I wouldn't mind him joining the elite. The elite's kind of short on members right now with Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly on the shelf and also kind of betraying them the last time they saw them. So like, um, there's, there's a bit of a, there's a lot of work that needs to be done there to rebuild the elite. So uh i mean adding kadoske would be crazy um i did like seeing that on tv though so they are acknowledging that storyline but uh, yes they did absolutely beat the piss out of each other um that which is exactly the kind of match that i love everybody knows that sort of hard-hitting japanese wrestling style that's sort of been making its way over to america slowly over the course of the last several years it's probably my favorite style of wrestling um maybe right behind the british version of that which is the same thing, just British, you know. Um, but for some reason, it makes it better. I don't know why, but it does. Um, <laughs> probably because all the British wrestlers look like fucking freaks, you know. Like, like <laughs> yeah, they look like fucking villains. But anyway, um, shout out to boy Kip. Oh, boy, dude, Kip, Kip's the normal looking one. You know what I mean? Like, he looks, <laughs> he looks like a dude. He looks like you know what Kip looks like. I just fucking hit me, Charlie. He looks like a fucking villain in like a fucking Mission Impossible movie or something like that. He does. Like, dude, oh, please, please, Hollywood, use Kip Sabian as an actor, please. Fuck. Anyway, um, he's good. But uh, there was this knee spot, Charlie, <clears throat> that Kanosuke hit John Moxley with in the center of the ring. Uh, there's about only one thing, I think, that you could say to that. But. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, yep. Yeah, good, good, good catch. Good catch. <laughs> Damn it, so what? <laughs> <laughs> but there was also a moment right after that where uh, John Moxley hit a Death Rider and then Kanosuke kicked out at one. Now, I'm going to say both of those moments are, are Simmons worthy, so we'll just keep the damn. Uh, you can play it again if you want, but we, we did it. We, I'll, I'll take that because either or spot, I will take a Simmons Awards for for Kanosuke. Is that Kanosuke's second already since he's been back? I, you know what? I can't complain. I fucking might be. It, yeah. It's at least his second, I think, period. So, like, you know, I the, listen that knee was hard but i did not expect someone to kick out a one and a death rider like that was some pure like japanese wrestling fighting spirit shit and, which and is the way the crowd reacted when he kicked out at one was fucking oh, beautiful it was so good um so the, good the way i re- uh, finished off my notes for this match charlie was to say that uh our boy who because kanosuke is our boy at this point he's one of our boys uh just showed the world his fighting spirit and uh, I think that's the only way you can really describe that because uh, I feel like you don't need to hear any a, a single word from Kanosuke. You get what he's about just from what he does in the ring, and that is what has made us fans of his the entire time. And this match was very just true. another example of that. And and I'm with you, man. This match was really really fun. Uh, that Kanosuke just using the blue thunder bomb because of El Generico and shit like that. What a beautiful landing there. And then Moxley transitioning it to the uh, Kimura. I mean, just so good. This is their second match. Uh, back in Fighter Fest in July, they had their first one. It was really good. And that was where Regal was would mention, you know, hey, we're scouting Takeshita. Or, or like Takeshita someone I would like in the combat club. And now flash forward to December, we got Don Callis scouting him. Which I am not going to lie to you, man. The idea of Takeshita and Kenny Omega as a tag team, that really gets my Ghibli's fucking rumbling. Like, straight up. Oh, Jesus, bud. Oh, anyway. Dude, um, like no, it's, that... I mean, I agree 100%. Like, that tag team would be... I mean, if people remember how good Kenny and, and Hangman were, and Hangman, 
is a great wrestler. Ken, Kenny and Hangman, Kenny and Ibushi. I mean, this guy. You stick him with someone like that. In, in Dude, by VF, the way, I have a question. Is Hangman kind of a heel right now with what he's doing with Mox? A little bit. A, a little we'll bit. We'll get to that yeah. when we talk about it, but like, like right? Because he's kind of just running out on the guy and just defeating the shit out of him. Like, you know, like. And, and you alluded to something, too, that I, uh, our award show. So, yeah, guys, after winter is coming, we will be doing our, our award show. It's going to be a whole separate thing. It's going to be fun. Uh, it's something we've been kind of talking about for months now. And yes. It's our first annual. I mean, because we started in 2021, right? So right now well, yes. we have been here a full year, 2022, from beginning to end. You know, most shows on Sunday, some on Tuesday like this, because shout out Final Battle. I, I, I literally didn't watch Final Battle till today. But uh, <laughs> oh, you watched a little bit of it yesterday. A little bit, but, you know, it's it's like now we have this full year under our belts. And I just can't wait to talk about the things that we love this year. And that's literally what we're going to do for an hour, hour and a half, however long that is. We're just going to gush about shit like that. And and I'm with you with this match. Um, so the ending, you kind of just talked about it. After the match, uh, so uh, Takeshita, he doesn't give up, but he passes out to uh, the Bulldog Choke. After the match, the crowd's going nuts, by the way. Beautiful reaction to the crowd here. Hangman came out with the microphone. Said Doc Samson won't clear him because of his brain. Said he's not st- thinking straight. So he says... so. <laughs> The way Hangman delivered this was beautiful. He's pretty much like, I'm not thinking straight, so this is what I'm about to do. And then he starts beating the hell out of Moxley. <laughs> They're brawling. Moxley whips him into the barricade. And the rest of the Blackpool Combat Club got out there. And is Hangman a little heel here? I mean, you posed a good question. I, I, I got to say, I think so. I like those odds. I mean, if he's not a heel, he's certainly leaning into, like, the sort of the version of hangman we got while he was fighting like uh cm punk and both both cm punk and uh lance archer who was like a little bit more than more of an edge to hangman because he had yeah. to, you know he did it to survive and uh now he's just doing it because it's like he, he figured out he could tap into that side of himself and now he's just doing it just to, because he wants to kill moxley you know like and, know, and you I know mean, what if you're gonna if you're gonna try and beat moxley you gotta try and kill him i, I, I kind of like that storyline he got hit so hard in the head that now he's evil <laughs> That's pro wrestling right there. Oh, shit. That's pro wrestling. It's like some Matt Hardy shit. So, for my favorite, we're staying on Rampage. We We got a double Rampage. We got a double Rampage, baby. We're going to the main event. You know where this is going. Oh, it's not Big Bill and Lee versus... I will say, I loved their first tag together. Shout out Big Bill. Um, Orange Cassidy, Trent Seven... All Atlantic Championship. So, is Trent Seven all elite? Unsure. He had a, he had an AEW logo on his towel that leads you to believe they might sell that in the future. You know, so maybe he is, maybe he isn't. Either way, this was uh, introduced by Kip because Kip was not able to fight. Basically, just gimmicked a reason to why to have him instead of just showing up. Just a nice little reason. The match itself. Let's, it, well, I'll also say it also lets the storyline, even if Kip could actually wrestle, like even if he's not like not yeah. cleared, like if they just it, wanted to extend the storyline, which I'm it just extends it. Yeah. And I'm loving this storyline, but it's like really loving Orange and, and Kip what's going on right now. So the match, Orange Cassidy's title reign is it's it's on another level right now. He's topping himself it, almost every week. It feels like this was fucking awesome. Hey, yo. No, but this was great, man. I mean, I know, I know. Uh, even the shenanigans bits, even the shenanigans resonated well with me. The whole Penelope 
running to get the butcher and the blade. I mean, are you kidding me? You go to recruit people, and who do you bring over the butcher? That motherfucker kills people. He, he literally kills people. Yeah, he definitely. Yep, hundred percent. So, so you, I, that really works for me. And I just thought Trent went along so well with the Orange Cassidy gimmick that was going on. You know, when Orange is getting his shit in, uh, there's many ways you could call it, but when Orange is doing his thing, Trent responded very well to it. And I think the crowd. They were a little tired, I think, when it first started. But by the end, the crowd's super into it, too, because they're all buying in again. Because that's what happens. Everyone buys into these Orange Cassidy matches. It wasn't, like, extremely long. It was under 12 minutes. But you give Orange Cassidy that time, and that crowd's going to fall in love with him. And they were chanting, this is awesome. Uh, Seven, one of the moments was when Seven was setting up a burning hammer. Cassidy escaped with the Casadora, then hit the beach break and the orange punch for the pin. Just so good. And the, there was a spinning DDT that Orange Cassidy hit. Did I swear to you? It, it literally looks like he killed. I don't know if he just meets with everyone and they just know how to take it because they're, you know, they've been wrestling for years and years. But for some reason, when Orange Cassidy hits that spinning DDT, no matter who it's on, it looks different every time. And it somehow looks better. <laughs> like every fucking time. So... That's why I always talk about Orange Cassidy is like people sleep on Orange Cassidy's ability as a wrestler because he literally, I think, is capable of having a match with anybody without them having to be able to have a match. Like, I think that's just how he is. Yeah. And you know what? This was really awesome. Uh, uh, Real quick after the match, Kip jumped in. Dustin Rhodes ran out to save Cassidy. He hit Sabian with a spinning power slam on the floor, then hit the flip flop and fly. And his trick, you know, he hit his trademark uppercut on seven before taking him down with a power slam as well. So that leaves the door open for maybe a Trent Seven Dustin Rhodes match on a Dynamite or a Rampage or at Dark this week, which you know, um, by the time we're recording next week, we'll we'll have uh, they will have gone back to film at Universal, so we'll we'll know what's going on with that. Yeah. So if anything yeah, I mean, crazy happens there, we'll hear about it. You know, if Adam Cole returns, we're gonna know. So bye little bye. things like that, and so yeah, what did you think of this match? And uh, where do you think they're going with Dustin Rhodes here? We, we um, so yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So the first thing I wrote in my notes, cause of course, you know, this is the kind of, some. um, <clears throat> excuse me. Sorry. I tried to, sorry. I got a notification popped up on my screen while I was talking, but anyway, um, <laughs> the first thing I wrote in my notes, cause it's damn true is that, uh, Kip looks damn good in a suit. Um, he does. that suit looked fucking great on him. But anyway, um, we had a mustache versus pockets moment that I thought was really funny um the chops that uh trent was throwing in this match i don't know if someone like pissed in his coffee this morning uh when this match happened but goddamn were they hard um that make it throw a punch yeah you like you said money which way came out um i was thinking that a lot of the people that were involved in this segment could be a part of the future of ring of honor just because they're not doing a lot right now i mean obviously it works cassidy's champion but everyone else that was involved possibly um because like this is squished in between you know um well it wasn't squished between stuff like the next thing that was going to happen though in in wrestling was going to be ring of honor happening and we had a shane taylor promotions thing like right before this so i don't know um i think um that i really liked the match i'm interested in the dustin roots thing like you were saying because i don't know i feel like um the 
there's a lot of possibilities. Um, one of which even is, uh, I don't know if you mentioned, I mean, it could be a match with Orange Cassidy too. Cause he, you know, when you save the champion, a lot of times that is also an indication that you're going to face them. Yeah. Um, it could be a setup for that. Potentially. Um, I don't know if I want to see that. Um, cause I don't obviously think Dustin's going to win that. I don't know if it, I guess if a win over Dustin would be good for Cassidy, but I don't know if he needs it right now. Um, but yeah, I could see him facing Trent. That'd be like a good first, like welcome to AEW match for, I mean, I guess he already had his welcome to AEW match, but it's for his non-title AEW match. Yeah. Um, that'd be interesting. Him versus Kip could also be interesting because I'm sure Kip could definitely have a really good match with Dustin. So, um, but yeah, uh, pineapple. Yeah. So really good stuff. And that kind of takes me into my next point here. So, what we're going to be doing now, guys, is we're going to be jumping in to some news. We got some news to cover, which within the news kind of towards the tail end, uh, the plan is to cover some final battle. I figure we're not going to spend a whole show on it. We didn't do a whole separate show for final battle, but there are some AEW implications here. So we'll be sure to jump into that and just kind of, you know, bask in it a little bit. So what's going on in the news, right? We got some MJF trademarks uh reign of terror has been trademarked which i think is a good idea we're gonna get some good t-shirts out of that some good uh some good merchandise they're clearly trying to do some new uh you know they, they want they're trying to get some things over with this title reign calling it trips triple b you know the burberry belt and now he's on his reign of terror or he's not gonna wrestle that much even though you know he's wrestling our boy ricky starks this next week so he's He's not taking too much time off, which is a good thing, though. We don't want him to, uh, you know, spend too much time not fucking wrestling. Because that can... It works for some people, right? But it doesn't work for everyone. So, Miro, back in the news. Oh, God. What's... We're all, you know, we're all wondering, where's he been? And so not there was being a report used. this I week... I can answer that question for you. He's been not being used. Yeah, That's what been. literally. Uh, there was a report this week that Miro is eager to return, but there are no creative plans in place. He last wrestled at All Out. Uh, the 37-year-old is healthy, but simply hasn't been factored into recent storylines. And pretty much, yeah. Regarding his absence from the company over the past few months, it was noted that, quote, creative simply hasn't been presented for him. There are plans for him to have conversations with the company regarding future creative plans, but those meetings have yet to take place. So, Tony Khan was asked about that on November 19th. And, you know, his quote then was, you've seen people take some sabbaticals, absences, breaks from AEW for various reasons, and come back and get involved. And I think that's still, for both of those guys, something you could see. So, you know, you want to reel in Miro and Andrade. Now, here's the thing. I'm fine. If people are off for a couple months, to me, that's actually yeah. really healthy for the wrestling business. Yeah, it gives other people opportunity. That's a great thing. But Miro was gone for a couple months, came back, and now is gone again. That yes. you don't want to do. No, that's yeah, when you fall weird. into a trap and you fall into a hole that you really don't – you can't dig yourself out of. That's, until that's, you, that's like the Zack Ryder infinity pool of death. You know, like, you don't want to fall into that trap. And – you know, Miro's way too fucking talented for that. And honestly, I was really hoping. And I, I, and I don't mean to be a dick, but I guarantee his contract's way too high for them to be paying him to do that. Like, yeah, there's no you can't way. Can't be having a guy that you're paying millions of dollars potentially, or at least hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. And he can't, I mean, he's earned it from his career at this point. But like, I feel like it's, I mean, unless you're just running like a wrestling <laughs> charity, like, you know. Are you trying to I'm tell all... me no plans for this guy? 
okay, have Samoa Joe beat Wardlow's ass, and then you put Miro in Samoa Joe. There's your plans. He's the best TNT champion. You have him face Samoa Joe. It's that simple. There's your story. No yeah, one's going to second guess it. No one would second guess that. Everyone can buy him as champion. So, um, yeah. What else we got here? AW's returning to Canada. They're going to be in Winnipeg. Hey. So, hey, more, Canada. some more first time are, you know, places for them. AW in 2023 is going to be a lot of first time places. And that is a great sign because it's more likely to draw people out. So, hell yeah. All right. Tony Khan. He uh, had one of his press conferences, media calls for ROH uh, mm-hmm. Final Battle. So we'll be kind of touching little things here and there. So one of the things was Tony Khan made the decision to allow William Regal to return to WWE so that Regal could help train his son, NXT wrestler, Charlie Dempsey. Uh, this kind of follows. It's pretty much saying, you know, he said that Regal requested AW not pick up the option here on his contract after the deal expired at the end of the year. And so the quote is this. Basically... He's got a son who works at another wrestling promotion, and he really wanted us at the end of the year when we had the option to renew the contract. He was asking us that we would not. Nothing bad. We were having a great time working together, but this was an opportunity for him to go back and work in his golden years of his company with his son. It's a very complex situation for AEW because it's part of what we're doing on screen, and we really value him. There's multiple storylines that he's involved at this point. As we're going to Toronto that week, obviously I had a lot on my mind. So kind of more stuff came out of this. We do know that there is something in his deal that he can't show up on WWE TV. It sounds like until that is done. So it's mostly just going to be from what I, from what I got, he's going to be like a vice president within the fucking company. So he got a big deal. He, uh, and he gets to go be with his son, which that's something we had mentioned. Wait, so he's under contract to both companies or for a time being. I, that's the way it seems like yeah because he Damn. hasn't i mean if anybody clause. deserves it it's regal you know i'm yeah, kind of right? over being mad about it at this point even though i am still disappointed that we don't get to have william regal and excalibur and i think it's because he put it best i mean he's involved on screen heavily in aw right so i, I do think yeah. it's cool that he's gonna respect that they're gonna respect him not being used actually as like a for his image and for his you know like he's just gonna be behind <clears> the scenes which i mean Really, let's be honest, that's the true value of William Regal anyways, him behind the scenes, but whatever, you know, like. Yeah. So, okay. Last couple things here. Some of the, a couple of them are a little bit bigger. So, uh, Universal Studios. AEW's gone back. We reported on, we were just kind of mentioning this briefly. So, this will be their final time in 2022. They haven't advertised who's showing up, but this is the first time since August. And yeah, that's. That's a good sign. That shows how much we've had the live rampages, which I think has really made a difference. And AW has hired former WWE VP of Global TV Production. So Michael Mansory, he's going to join the company after a long stint at WWE and shorter stints with Pat McAfee in one. So he's recently working with Pat McAfee. Okay. Um, if he's involved with the production on Pat McAfee's show, I'm in support because that show is well-produced. Yeah, so... He had a tweet that was kind of like, hello, wrestling, my old friend. So he was in WWE from 2009 to 2022 or 2020, May of 2020. He left and he's and the if people are kind of saying why his name is likely not familiar with most fans. His work as the director of record for many WWE pay-per-view and TV shows are during his time there. As noted by PW Insider, when they first broke the story in 2020, a man's leaving. 
He was seen as some as the eventual successor to Kevin Dunn, seen as a, quote, big part of the AAA regime. So after that, he's gone on to be with uh, the Pat McAfee show. And this is really good. Uh, this, bringing someone in like this, this is a great hand. And while his specific job responsibilities were not reported, he will begin his new he will begin his new job this Wednesday on Dynamite. So, yeah. Uh, so far, we've had MJF comment on this, pretty much saying, I don't have the exact tweet here, but MJF is excited about this. He, he thinks this is a great idea. This is a great hire. That's that's a good sign that you know your own wrestlers are rooting for the company and shit like that. So, yeah, welcome back to wrestling, uh, Mike Mansuri. And hopefully... You know, I think if this all goes well, we just notice good change without ever hearing the name. Whereas if we hear that shit's gone downhill and we see the name, that probably didn't go too well, right? This is like a referee job. If you don't know the ref, they're probably doing a good job. <laughs> In football, probably, least, yeah, fair enough. You know, <laughs> so I mean, this is something we talk about. A lot of times, certain things seem shot off or missed, f- just flat out missed. And, you know, just, hey. We got a new uh, a new VP here, so a new uh, television production guy here. So, good signing. Okay, now let's jump into. Yeah, Final I mean, uh, just to say, oh, yeah, like, something, well, yeah, I know. I just to address it because I this is something I was saying to you off off uh, <clears throat> off like before we started recording is like it's something that I know that um, I had a I had an instructor in college that was really good at it because he had worked as a producer on TV for years, um, and live switching like that is just not something that you. It's, it's just something you have to practice. Like even in the short stint that I had to do it, I literally spent like the entire day practicing that because they were going to have me doing it because I knew it was going to be difficult to just because you watched them because people don't realize you watched so much TV where it was switched like that and you didn't realize how smooth it was. An NFL game has like 50 different cameras you can switch between. Like imagine yeah. <laughs> imagine a wrestling show where you have a lot less cameras but just as much like chaos. I think there's at on. least like 12 shots they can go through. It looks like when they I have all the screens. Lines, I mean it's a lot and it, it yeah. depends on the scale of your production. WWE has a lot, you know, so it's like and WWE's been doing it for ever, so they have a little bit of a head start with regard to that and I don't expect people who have never done a live show like this to understand how that's going to work. It's just something you have to figure out. And hopefully this, this new person is, you know, I feel like they are going to know what they're doing. If it sounds like he was the one to succeed, Kevin Dunn, they must know he must be a pretty good guy. So, and if people thought he'd be a big part of triple H resume and he's not, that's, you know what? I'll, I'll and consider you can dislike that Kevin Dunn as a person, but like clearly Kevin Dunn could get a TV production done. So <laughs> he knows. Yeah. So yeah. Um, final battle right off the gate. Let's talk about this. ROH's weekly TV show. It will air on Honor Club. No start date was announced, but Khan expects New Japan to be heavily involved. Although a date was kind of hinted at. He did say he was going to announce it after Wrestle Kingdom, because he presumably because people he wants to announce that are going to be a part of it are going to need yep. to be cleared of their con- either their contracts with the ring or excuse me with New Japan or have the time with like away from current stuff they're doing in New Japan to be able to come over and do stuff, which um so I mean I guess look for that. I guess look for post Wrestle Kingdom for us to have some kind of announcement about a date, uh, but we, we don't yeah. have anything yet. He said, you know, something along the quotes here was, he said he's going to keep the existing relationship between Warner Bros. Discovery and Bleach Report to keep airing pay per views based on the success thus far with them. Makes sense; they've been making a lot of money doing those. So, I still would like to see 
AW get, you know, a streaming service. That's what I was saying. Library. It's like I can't believe Honor Club is going to come back before we have an AEW, a place yeah. for AEW shows to stay at. I mean, I, I guess you could technically watch. I think you can technically watch them on Bleacher Report, but is it Bleacher, it's kind of expensive, right? Like, yeah, so I think it's like 50, 60 bucks pop. So, and you know, so this brings me to something I, I, we were kind of talking about uh, yesterday a little bit. Um, Ring of Honor, they're going to have a TV show. How are they going to do it? I, I brought something we've been kind of thinking about is if the more live rampages you have why not record ring of honor in that third hour it's a three-hour show it's usually always a three-hour show anyways for the actual live crowd that first 45 minutes you record your dark right that that hour you do your rampage and now boom that third hour that's when you get your ring of honor show you can tape it every week and this helps out this helps out AEW too because a you're getting another live venue. It's a live rampage. Live rampages. It's proven time and time again how much better they are. Like it's, I mean, yeah, if you're getting two AEW or three AEW shows, really, because they record Dynamite and fucking Rampage in the same location usually. So I mean, or not recording. Yeah, so that so, so yeah, so, so you get three AEW shows plus a Ring of Honor show. I feel like you could totally like demand a lot more from these. Like I feel like the venues would. That's have to, how like, you can. Yes, you on Wednesday. You know, it's it's three hours always. Your first uh your first hour there. So usually from what it's like doors are six thirty, and but about seven o'clock they're starting dark. So and then eight to ten it's AEW, and then when they record Rampage nine to ten, you know ten to eleven or whatever, that's in that crowd that's getting tired too. So, but yes, this makes this just makes too much sense for ROH to be. I, I just I'm gonna say this now. I really, really, wholeheartedly do not want ROH recorded at Universal like they do Dark. That would be brutal for Ring of Honor. That would be future. fucking brutal. Record it live. It's the best way. It's the easiest way. So, I mean, how great would ROH look at some of these venues, too? I would, be, I would make Ring of Honor, because Ring of Honor traditionally always tried to make every stadium kind of look the same, you know, with the way they build their sets. But I, this current Ring of Honor has kind of been more like AEW styled. So I would like to see them be more able to, like, change by the venue. Like, even Impact us that, you know, like, we should we should be having right? variety in where we're going, you know, and stuff like that. So let's 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 cut through some of this show. We're going to we're going to spend most of the time on the AEW stuff, but, you know, we'll we'll mention all the results. Uh, so our pre-show, Jeff Cobb defeated Mascara, Mascara Dorado. We was, you know, always down for Jeff Cobb picking up a dub. And, and if he's in the future for AEW or for uh, Ring of Honor, that's a good sign. Uh, we had 2.0 defeat the Shinobi Shadow Squad, uh, Cheeseburger and Eli Isom. So Cheeseburger, again, he's, he's just always going to be over, I feel like. <laughs> uh, Willow Nightingale, she defeated Trish Adora. And it sounds like we only have a couple women on the uh, ROH roster, and Trishador Willow are two of them, and that's a it's a good sign. Uh, both of them very, very talented. Top Flight yes. defeated the Kingdom. Top Flight, uh, I don't think they're going to Ring of Honor, but the fact that they're used on the show, I think that shows Tony's. I mean, we know how much he likes them for how much he features them, anyways. 
I mean, I could I mean, almost see them getting put in Ring of Honor for that reason because he likes somebody doesn't necessarily have a spot for them with all the teams he has to already juggle on AEW. So maybe he puts them over yeah. in Ring of Honor for a little bit. Maybe they win the tag titles there. Have some matches with people like the Briscoes, you know, like that they couldn't have an AEW. Like, I, 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 there's some opportunity there. I don't think it's necessarily yeah, plenty of opportunity. Much of a death sentence as people want to think, especially if Ring of Honor gets treated fairly, you know, like, which I hope it does, you know, like. And I'm guessing with their champions, it's gonna they're they're definitely shooting for a fan. They they want some excitement right away, right? So main show time. All right. Blake Christian and AR Fox defeated Roosh and Dralistico. Oh my god. Blake Christian, AR Fox, what a fun team. The all heart chants were hot. Uh, Roosh steals the show every single fucking time. Garrett, this guy is so good. Roosh, I Fully believe, given the right push, we could see this guy become the champ in AEW. I really think so. His aggression, his violence, his visceralness in the ring. I mean, remember the match with John Moxley, how good it was? And everyone was on his side. And it's just Mm -hmm. like, I really think the sky's the limit. You know, Flash, we have have entered a new era with MJF as our champion. MJF is facing fucking Ricky Starks. It's only a matter of time till like Swerve, Roosh, till some of these other guys are in the title picture, and it's just like the new blood has arrived, man. It really has. Um, yeah. What What do you think of this one? And uh, yeah, the surprise victory uh, for <laughs> Blake Christian Day, our Fox. Here. Yo, yeah, no shot they were supposed to win, right? Like, but <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, there was a really nice strike <laughs> exchange between AR Fox and uh, Roosh, which I didn't expect. Like AR Fox is like, no, I'll fucking chop the shit out of you um so that was cool uh it was a kind of like a lucha i I put lucha madness in my notes but yeah other than them like fucking up the finish (laughs) which is really unfortunate uh it was a really good match but um bruce managed to make the save of the situation at the end because you know he's a fucking wrestling he's been doing this for a long time you know he he knows what to do he does Uh, he does so he got the heat back on himself after the match smart smart guy and there was like a 45 second stint of AR Fox and just like clearing the top rope. The way he clears that rope so effortlessly, it's just like, it's almost like angelic. Yeah, it's literally. It's beautiful. Yeah, I, I, it's Give like me AR that... Fox and Kenny Omega on the same team runs. Let me, let me, let me see what uh, happens. Him and Dante need to be, he just needs to trio up with them because he floats like Dante does. I guess, you know, he, and... tip, if, if we had to pick someone to be their trio and it's not Leo Rush anymore, it's going to be, it's going to be AR Fox now. For me. I wish yeah. they hadn't fucked it up with Leo so bad. He was so good. <sighs> so good. So, all right. Our first Flash championship Lee. change. Oh no. Our first title change. Athena has defeated Mercedes Martinez to win the ROH Women's World Championship. I thought this is this is very rewarding for Athena. We have been putting over her character each and every single week. Yeah, I feel because... like we're partially responsible for this. Like she earned all of this, but I feel like us and like various other people who have been like witnessing that sort of like like meteoric rise that she's been on. Like it's been incredible. I mean, this, she is achieving stuff that we knew that she, it's, it's just, it feels like they finally have her back and they're backing her. They're letting her run with this character. She's having fun doing it. You can tell this is what she's always wanted to do. And now she's the fourth ever ROH women's world champion. And I'm so happy with how over she was with the crowd too, man. 
she laid it in. Mercedes looked, I'm not going to, unfortunately, this was not Mercedes story. And you never felt that during the match because she just, she was hurt for a long time. And it just kind of came on late that, you know, hey, we need a match with her. But Mercedes was doing really good with this title at the beginning, which we'll jump into her title reign in a second here. But yeah, um, Athena's our champ, our, our, our ROH Women's World Champ. And she's probably going to be for a long time, if I were to guess. So how do you feel about this? And uh, what do you think of the match? Yeah, super happy for Athena. Absolutely deserves to be the champion. Um, really sad that Mercedes Martinez never got the it's like the Thunder Rose and Mercedes and Thunder both had like the same thing happen this year which is they both had a great title reign starting off and it just injuries derailed what could have been great but um, they, yeah. they ultimately yeah. did the right thing when they had to though which is you know kind of inspirational it's it kind of almost like the next generation being given the you know the nod um, in Tony Storm Jamie Hayter and Athena you know from the previous generation of female wrestlers that kind of Led the way. I loved all the references to Shimmers 43 and 44 and 45, where they had their uh, two matches that led to Athena, you know, uh, as they said in the match, which is what launched Athena's career. Um, and it was, it was just two great wrestlers, both of them at the top of their game, showing off because they know what they're doing. Uh, There's some really nasty forearms from both. Uh, Athena went full ace steel at one point. Um, no, no, no. <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what a journey to this championship win and uh, what a journey really excited to see where it's going forward because a fully heel athena with this championship just sounds ha oh, sounds awesome you know so i hope we get some good title defenses out of that same and so real quick let's touch on mercedes martinez title so she won it on dynamite against diana Perazzo. she was interim champion going into that so that was just the uh that was a great uni- match, unification match yeah it was very good her first defense on dark elevation against trisha dora Right away, I'm like, oh, here we go. We're going to have some fun with this. She then takes on, I forgot how to say it, Hian, Hian, one of them. I don't know if we've seen her since, but she took on Hian at the next elevation. And then the next elevation, she takes on Maserati. So three in a row. So shout outs to the uh, live crowds there. I mean, that was that was kind of cool. So then she kind of takes a break from that. And... She, there, uh, there was a universal one against Viva Van, so kind of just you know three or four in a row where you're like, yeah, you know she's not she's not dropping it. Then she starts getting into her title reign. Serena Deeb, Death Before Dishonor. Her and Serena Deeb go. They have a 17 minute match. It's a really fun match. It's really good. Then she gets hurt. We don't see her again. Five months later, her first championship defense since she drops it to Athena. So I think this is just a the definition of a what could have been, you know, unfortunately for her, the title reign just, it doesn't feel like anything too spectacular. It sucks. Some of them just never get off the ground when someone gets made yeah. champion. Cause like there was barely women getting booked at all because of all the chaos in the middle of the year with, with injuries for the men's side, like it and women's wrestling as well had some injuries. So yeah, it's like, I mean, you know, she was, she was another one that just dropped and you know, so she had a 220 day title reign with six defenses yeah. on paper. That looks good. Yeah, but it looks unfortunately, good for her it just sucks. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's just unfortunately, it, you know? four of those were in three weeks. So, but it is what it is, and you know, I'll always remember her as a pretty good champion. I, I thought the Serena Deeb match was really good, and I thought this match was really good, even though, and you know, this is how you know they're she's a professional. This wasn't her story, but she still was. She still went out there and told the great the great one from her side, you know. So, yeah, I like that. Swerve in our glory defeated Shane Taylor promotions. So Keith Lee and Swerve 
Um, they're still kind of beefing with each other. They beat Shane Taylor and JD Griffey. And I got to say right away, when Shane Taylor and Keith Lee hit the ring together, that is those two big men that you just want to see beat the crap out of each other. And when Shane jumped from the top rope and Keith Lee picked him up, that's the kind of shit fucking Vince McMahon would have wet dreams about back in the day, man. With two <laughs> big men doing that to each other. I mean, that was awesome. Yeah, this um, is the definition of big meaty men slapping meat. And, you know, Swerve looked great as always. And JD, I mean, I haven't been... Hey, there's a triple threat for you. Big E versus Shane Taylor versus Keith Lee. My God. You might have That's... to have two rings for that. War games, yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, this was fun. And, yeah, any anything you had from this one? Um, this was one of the longer payoffs in pro wrestling. Keith Lee left Shane Taylor Promotions. God, how long ago now? Like... So yeah, I think he's when he went to NXT, right? Is that what the way they made it seem like? He, yeah, he something left along those lines and went without that's him. The implication, at the very least, that's like what they're going with for this story. Even if it's not exactly the case, like if he wasn't still like you know what I mean. But like at the same time, um, so that's a really cool thing that we get to see happen. This is one of the unique things about AEW existing now is some of these payoffs we probably thought we would never see because for whatever reason, Shane Taylor just was never going to get the, the nod to WWE. You know, like um, it's crazy after the success yeah, the promotions I mean, had in ROH during the. Uh, I'm going to call it the maybe they would have gotten man. there eventually, but just not yet, you know, but now AW has that opportunity or maybe potentially ring of honor as it would seem, you know, so which I'm all in support of because big part Same. of ring of honor. So, um, some of the best heavy trios champions ever. The big Taylor story promotions. here, obviously swerve walking out, um, and yes. leading them to, to win it on his, on his own. But, uh, it's like Heatley beats his demons of his past anyway, but swerve still took the opportunity to say, nah, I'm, I'm going to leave you to, to the wolves here. So, Obviously, we're gonna have a long, drawn-out storyline between Swerve and uh, and Keith Lee here. So, we'll, hopefully, it's not too long. But I mean, I hopefully we get some kind of match between them soon because I feel like I'm, feel like I'm guessing. Yeah, we're definitely. I could see us at the Beach Bash in January, right? You know, they do their our beach show with. Oh my God, the the great Cody and Sammy Guevara ladder match this year, so good. All right, we have another title change, the Embassy. Brian Cage, Toliona, and Bishop Gaunt, speaking of Shane Taylor Promotions, defeated Dalton Castle and the boys to win the ROH World Six-Man Tag Championships. So this was pretty much Brian Cage just tossing around the boys. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, this was fairly quick. And, uh, yeah, I wasn't happy with this. Agreed, um, when, yeah. I don't when know I saw I... the Embassy one, I was like, man, Really? Really? I mean, I get it. They're trying to push them. They've been on TV a lot lately. But the boys in Dalton Castle are so much fun. I mean, they're just so much fun. And and maybe, maybe were, this means we're going to get more Dalton Castle in AEW. I hope that's what that means. Maybe they're just that's, taking that's him from Ring I'm of Honor. To. Instead of leaving him in Ring of Honor, they're going to bring him to the main roster, if you want to call it that. You know, like, but I don't know. Maybe... Maybe Dalton got an offer somewhere else. I don't know. Yeah, I just, I think the embassy's been on TV a lot lately, so that was... Because we could just never know, but the three of them could be on a per-appearance deal, and we would just never know. You know, like, that's entirely yeah. possible. So, real quick, we'll hit their ring, uh, their reign. So, they had it for 140 days. They won it at Death Before Dishonor over the Righteous, which I thought was, you know, I thought that was the right call. And so, their first defense 
was about two months after, and it was on dark Ele- dark elevation. In the Phil- it was in front of the Philly crowd, and it was against Primal Fear, a team I'd never heard of. But Dalton Castle and the boys went out there, had a fun little sub five minute match, and that was when I, I was like, "All right, hopefully this is a thing we start seeing more of." A uh, couple couple weeks later, we see them take on the Trust Busters, and again another fun little match. And then a couple weeks later, we see them lose it to the embassy. So that was uh, apparently Dead Niche Tracks. Uh, this was their second time winning the title. And, you know, it was. Uh... <sighs> I'm a little sad by it. It's kind of like I the Mercedes Martinez vibe, except they didn't get injured. They just and no one believed in the title rank for some reason. I just, I mean, yeah, it just whatever. They, you know, the trust I thought we were going to see them every week, and then they just didn't have the defense. Especially after the Trustbusters won, because the crowd reacted so well. They put them out in Baltimore. They put them out in Philly. You know, big crowds, and just that was it. But hey, man, you know, shout out those guys, Primal Fear. That was a really fun match, and we haven't seen Primal Fear back yet. Um, I, I would like to see those guys work some more dark matches against trios. Uh, maybe at Universal this weekend, right? Maybe they can do something like that. So, yeah. Any anything else you had from that one? Um, I just I just really hope that uh, this leads to Orange Cassidy versus Dalton Castle. That's all I'm saying. I really hope it does. Top Flight being interviewed backstage before Matt Menard and Angela Parker interrupt them, start a fight between both teams, spilled out to the ringside area. Menard and Parker got the upper hand and cut a promo in the ring about how Ring of Honor was full of crap, flippy floppy pro wrestlers. So, yeah, just uh. Little JAS heat for you. Little uh, little heat. Little taste. Wheeler Yuta, Daniel Garcia, ROH, Pure Championship. Uh, I'm gonna let you take the lead on this one. What did you uh, what did you think of this? Um Mike Posey was forced to actually call a rope break uh by Daniel Garcia. He was like, Nope, that's a rope break. He literally repeated it until he called it. So thank you for paying attention, Daniel. I appreciate thank it. You. Thank um, you. Thank you. And uh, so that's a good first rope break. I also like that he forced rope breaks. Uh, it was really interesting. So it looked like Daniel Garcia's strategy going into this match was to force in sort of like a heelish way, force Wheeler into the ropes against his will, um, which was to in order to create the opportunity for him to force rope breaks, even if they were kind of like cheesy, not really cheesy, but they were kind of like um, they they weren't like it wasn't like how a good guy would have gotten a rope break. Like, you know, um, I was trying, I was struggling to find the words there. It was like super, super smart stuff there. He did that for the first two. I was really happy with that because I like the, um, pure championship, not just being like who the best wrestler is. It's also who's the smartest wrestler because a lot of heels had taken that way of doing it where they would force a couple of rope breaks or use their closed fist to try and do, which he also did. I actually forgot to mention that. He opened it up with a closed fist pretty early on, and that got Wheeler to use his as well. So now nobody can use a, a closed fist strike to the face, or it's an automatic win for the other person. Um, I will say the rules are still a little complicated. I imagine people are still going to have like problems trying to figure out what's going on if they don't really know. Um, but I mean, they added a scoreboard in this match, so I think that'll help people a lot. Um, love, I'm a scoreboard guy and love the addition of a scoreboard and it fits ring of honors vibe so much so i really hope they keep that for all of those matches going forward Did, do you remember when i want to say it was uh tna had a fucking scoreboard do, do you remember um, this kind of yeah if you guys know what i'm talking about you know and it was just like dude 
kind of got vibes of that too. TNA, yeah. yeah, they literally had it at the top of the screen. It was like, it was straight up like it was out of a sports thing. Yeah, which I, it just, I think we're going for that more sporty vibe like Ring of Honor yes, generally have. Yep. That's totally makes sense. Um, and I like this is the going, title to do it for. Yeah, and I liked Garcia and that scoreboard. The reason why I like it because it added drama. As soon as Garcia was up three, bro, uh, you know, having exhausted like. Once Garcia had forced Wheeler to exhaust three rope breaks and he still had all his rope breaks, it created a really interesting image on the screen that made you have to think about how is Wheeler going to come back from this? He doesn't have the ability to go to the ropes at all here, um, which set up a really phenomenal comeback for him. Uh, we had crazy, yeah. prom- we had a crazy amount of palm strikes, uh, which I always like to see. Um, this is just like pro wrestling purity at its finest. And this is something I've been asking for for Char- Charlie for so long. For so long, I've been wanting this in wrestling. We've seen it on Dark. We've seen it a few times. But this was the first time, and we, were, we ended up uh, getting a, another one in the next match right after this. Well, the submission, I guess that counts as a submission in the next match. But we had Wheeler Yuta knock him out for the win, which I've been asking for for I don't know how long. But he just beat the piss out of him until the ref called for the bell because he was like he was like elbowing him in the head. Like, yeah, it looked like the end of an MMA fight, and it was fucking epic. And it was the best way to end this uh, four match series or whatever you want to call it. I don't think these two are done with each other forever, but definitely for now. And I don't know if I 100 <coughs> percent agree with Wheeler Yuta winning the championship here, but what a phenomenal match and a phenomenal end to this story. These two have put on some of the best matches of the year, and man. <sighs> When when our pillars collide, you know shit's gonna go down. Best way to put it, man. And the pillars did collide, and yeah. So you know, Danny Garcia's title reign. He won this in September seventh, and he lost it uh, December tenth. So he in October he defended it against Brock Anderson on an AEW Dark. That was a pretty pretty good match. Um, uh, in September, uh, November 9th, he defended it against Leon Ruffin in, it was a sub six minute match, but it was actually pretty fun. That was a dark elevation. And I, I actually got a really big kick out of that one. So yeah, that was fun. I was glad to see that they got him another title offense in there before, you know, before they ended up taking it off him, obviously. Yeah. And, and then at the end here, you know, uh, he lost it to the man he beat. So he won this on a dynamite. I forgot to note that, uh, he won this on Dynamite, lost it at Final Battle, and yeah, man. So it's the uh, Jericho appreciates the side of losing their titles to the uh, Blackpool Combat Club to end the year, right? It's kind of the moral of the story here. So Danny Garcia was a ninety-four day champion. So you know that's a longer reign than AJ Styles had. So good for him, right? This is true. So well, he'll he'll take that dub. Danny Garcia had a really, really good 2022. So it can only go up from here for him. And yeah, it's time. The epic conclusion to the FTR Briscoe's trilogy in the double dog collar match. Wow. This was this was bloody. This was a lot of fun. Uh it was Harbor um Dax and Jay were tied up. And Cash and Mark were tied up. And my God, did these guys, they just, they get the best out of each other. Whether it's just the absolute bloody mess or this this beauty of Dax getting choked out with the chain and Cash doing all he can to get in the ring to help him, but he's getting choked out as well from a different way. 
there was a cash spot where he threw Mark off the top rope to the fucking these chairs on the floor that was just unbelievably brutal. So many good spots here, but the story is the wrestling itself, right? It's I thought it started off a little weird, but it's only I, I'm let me it weird the wrong word because that makes it sound negative. I was it was a different start than I was thinking. They went into the crowd. I mean, Jay and Dax went into the crowd and and Mark and Cash are going up to the stage, and that was how we started the match. I was like, oh, okay, this is how we're starting now. A little different, a little definitely a lot different than the other matches they were having, you know. So this was a bloodbath. This was the epic conclusion. The Briscoes won. So the uh FTR lost both their title chances this week. They lost their chance at the AEW tag, and then they lost this one. So they put over the Briscoes and the Acclaimed in the same week. What unbelievable professionals, man. I mean, seriously, that's fucking awesome for them. But uh, after the guns attacked him, and yeah. So wh- uh, what did you think of this match? And then we'll uh, we'll jump into their title reign, because this was a very fun title reign. Absolutely. So uh, there was a sign in the crowd that was said, Dax X dog collar equals fantasy. Uh, shout out to that sign. Um, hey, yo! <laughs> this match was out of the gate brutality. There was so much like insane shit going on in this match that I honestly had no time to write down what was happening, because I was not able to look away from the screen. Um so <laughs> that's the best way to put it couldn't look away and uh there was one spot uh where dax racked the chain around his head and then hit a headbutt off the top rope uh which i think did more damage to him uh mike posey earned the respect of the wrestling world i think in this match by getting punched with a chain and bleeding all over the place those chains will just fuck you up man like apparently yeah they will um so that there's that um there was a superplex onto a pile of chairs at one point um, not the pile that was outside, thankfully, cause that would have probably killed somebody. Um, but, um, <laughs> but I'm okay. honestly really shocked. Yeah. We never got to see four belt FTR, man. It's like clearly Tony Khan just didn't believe in that story. Um, but let's go through the title reign. Cause it was still a really I, great know, title reign. <sighs> and that's a good, I, I think with that, I just don't know. I, I wonder why it didn't happen. Part of me thinks because the only thing that ever stopped the him, every so other company clearly wanted that. I know. I, and that, what makes me think is is the acclaimed. Maybe if they just, I, I, I almost think wonder if they, had, if they if were they had hit the acclaimed right at the right moment, the two weeks before we actually got it, that maybe there would have been enough time for the acclaimed has had a short title reign and we could have been okay with it. Yeah, but I think now we need to let them have it and let them cook with it. For they just bit. they got too hot for this, and I think. It was weird. I mean, because you totally could have seen them beating Swerve in our glory. That made sense. FTR beating them. We kept saying it over and over. Yeah, we could see it. Then the acclaim started popping up, and it's like, man, it just took off like a fucking. It was unbelievable how quick that thing took off. So here we go. This title reigns fucking nuts. Um, let's start from the bottom here, right? ROH, uh, Supercard of Honor 2022. FTR wins the tag titles off the Briscoes in a. 27 and a half minute match pretty sure that match was match of the year by the way yeah a- april 1st it was unbelievable such a good match five days later aw dynamite 131 ftr defeats the young bucks in another fucking incredible match i think that one was like four stars and the this- other one was like five like within a week within like three days of each other or some shit it was it was ridiculous those two matches were so good and that was 
that that was coming off the heels of everyone FTR had finally kind of gotten their feet into these new living legends characters they weren't just anyone buddy you know they had because even when they won the triple a tag titles i don't think they were 100 percent into these new characters these living legends i don't think they were into it just yet i mean they won them as fucking frogs so you know but by the time they got these titles that was so long ago it was during the lucha bros aw world title yes it it was unbelievable how long it was yes Good, real quick. Uh, the title was what was the how many days? It was April first. So, pulling up the stat of that, I did not have that ready. So they held the titles two hundred and fifty three days. Um, they are still current uh, AAA and New Japan Tag Team Champions. So, yeah, that week, Garrett, I just really think that week set the bar for them for the rest of the year. It really did, and. Flash forward. I think it opened a lot of eyes in a lot of these other companies. I think New Japan probably took notice then. Obviously, during their feud with uh, the, their current champions, they AAA decided they wanted FTR. So you know, like that was they just they went out and had two completely different matches, but two matches that, in my opinion, were wrestled to goddamn near perfection tag matches. They were so much fun, both matches. And I, FTR also did. with everybody they got in the ring with this year singles or otherwise proved that they were the better wrestler which is insane it was insane and so the dynamite three-year anniversary show so about seven weeks later we get ftr and rapungi vice this one ends in the double dq um this was where the united empire were building the forbidden door jeff cobb and great Ocon kind of attack at the end that being said we still had 10 minutes of match it was still a fun match trent and Rap- Trent and Rocky were just, it, that made sense at the time, you know? Then we get to Forbidden Door. FTR, Rapungi Vice, United Empire, ROH, and IWGP tag team titles are on the line. And FTR wins this match. It's, oh my god. I, every time I think about Forbidden Door, I get a, little, get a little excited. I mean, this was just, this was another fun match on that show. I still can't believe the Orange Cassidy and uh, Will Ospreay yeah, that, match on that, that show. Imagine going into that show thinking that. I mean, I thought there was a chance it could steal the show because it's Orange Cassidy and Will Ospreay is also a fucking athletic freak. But, like, you know, like, I don't think anybody walked in with all the matches we had on that show. We had, like, a fatal four-way for the IWGP title that looked, like, insane. It ended up being insane, but it looked like, you know, the most insane match of all time. And then we had that match be the match of the night that everybody pretty much agreed unanimously. That was the match of the night, which I think is insane. You know, it really was. And oh, it doesn't end there about four weeks later, best two out of three falls FTR defeat the Briscoes in a 43 minute match in Lowell, Massachusetts at death before dishonor. This was really fucking good. I never felt the length of that match. Once it was 43 minutes. I never felt the length once. It just blows my mind when I, even when I think about it now. Like, it was so good. Um, the second, oh, what a trio these guys had, by the way. So then, you know, um, it's about 13 weeks later, the next time they defend the ROH titles. In that time, they defended the uh, IWGP and AAA titles but they did not defend these ones uh, when you're champions of that many companies. It makes sense, you know, going three months without a title reign for these guys wasn't really a big deal because they faced Aussie open in that time, for example, in new Japan wrestling in the UK. I mean, 
Yeah. We then, at Battle of the Belts 4, they defeat Gates of Agony. In a match I thought was pretty good. I thought, you know, that was where the new Toa Leona character kind of started spawning in. And I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, it was, uh, it was probably the weakest match of the of the reign. But yeah, I mean, it's not like there was that bad. That's not a reflection, I don't think, on on the embassy or anything. I think that was just it was the lowest quality team overall that they faced, which is not they're not bad. They're just everybody else was just like kind of like they put them against like all the best wrestlers, and then they wanted to put a spotlight on the embassy just like they did with the acclaimed later. And the acclaimed is probably another one of the weaker matches, but it's still a really good match. You know, it's still a great match, yeah. but it's probably not as the same as every other match they had this year. You know, I don't know. So, and then our last title defense before uh final battle, AW rampage number 69 black Friday edition. They defended against top flight and just, I mean, it's one of our pillars. That was a fun match. I think they matched up really well with them. I remember being surprised during the match, how much I thought they were, I mean, it makes sense, but I, I thought, you know, they were just really grounding Darius Martin. They were not letting Darius do anything, so I think that kind of told the story of that one. And it was again a fun match when Dante got going; he got going beautifully. So one hell of a title reign. I mean, every single match we just went through, I can actually visibly remember it. And the fact that you know, when when we watch as much wrestling as we do, the fact that I can remember every single match shows how beautiful title reign it was. And that's not even getting into the AAA one or the uh, IWGP one. You know, so it's just like, what a fucking year for FTR, man. Seriously, what a year. Yeah, I thought it was going to be difficult to like to think about like my wrestler of the year stuff. Um, It's not. It really isn't. I'm not spoiling anything. I think everybody's known for a while where I was going, you know, like it's it's uh, FTR on a different level this year. It's just been it's been something else. Um, It's been special. It really has been so. Probably, probably the biggest yeah. years of their career. Not even a, not even a joke. One thousand percent. And I think I, I I know I've said it like eight times, but that week of of Briscoes and and Young Bucks matches, to me that's that's going to be the best week of their career. I think that was one of the best weeks any tag team could ever have because of the two teams they faced too. It's important to note that. And it's crazy the Briscoes too. They're, they're and the Young probably Bucks. the three best tag teams of the 2020s met in different forms. And I think FTR came out looking the best out of all three. So I, I think that's what happened. That dude, that week was really something special. So, real quick, Samoa Joe, he, he took on defeated Juice Robinson. Uh, Juice Robinson is in ROH now. Uh, this is for the uh, this you know this was what it was, right? Samoa Joe kind of adding to his title reign. Uh, this is welcome I to like Juice back though. I I, I wish I do like Juice. Wash between these two great matches, you know, like ugh. I like Juice. I don't know if I like the, you know, the the hard juice character that we're going with here. I kind of hope he goes back to being fun juice, but I get it. It's just a personal preference. Uh hey, yo, all right, Tony the Ocho. Bro, Tony Deppin. Yeah. <clears throat> Shout out Tony Deppin, man. The Ocho. Oh man. All right, where do we start with this, right? So Claudio, the gimmick on the storyline was uh you know, is Claudio going to get beat by Jericho? Because they have the, uh, if he loses, he joins the JAS. Which to me, I was like, man, I really don't want to see that. I got to tell you, I don't, 
the idea of like them nah, kind of dude him and Hager as a tag team nowadays would be awesome with both of them in the hats Come it, on. it could be but i just don't want to see it not now I, I i love to me claudio was is the glue that makes blackpool combat club even better than it was like he's one of the only members you could have added um this match was a lot of fun it wasn't crazy length it was like 17 minutes i think and holy shit he won with the swing yeah, imagine that happening in WWE. Like, never. This adds a whole new level to that swing. He just won a world title with the fucking swing. Round of applause. Um, I love when people win using moves that aren't their traditional finisher. To me, it adds so much more to that move. Like, just let Sami Zayn win with the Blue Thunder Bomb once, man. And I'll buy that finisher that much more. That was what I always used to say on the Raw Deal podcast that we would do. It's just like, let him win once with it. And oh, the crowd playing along with Ocho, uh, they popped the ref. <laughs> <laughs> they popped the ref pretty good there. Um, yeah, what'd you, what'd you think of this match, man? And uh, Ian and Caprice, I thought, well, real quick, I mentioned those guys really crushed it. Uh, Caprice is... He plays so well off of Ian. Yeah, they have what a chemistry great, that I just I, great I commentary. love. AEW's commentary team, but they just don't have. I, you know, I don't know what it is, but the, the, the personalities just don't mesh on Dynamite. I, I really think if you know, depending on where they go with commentary, I I hope Tony kind of realizes how good like Caprice is. I I kind of hope this is just Ring of Honor's commentary team, and we still get Rick Abani occasionally on Elevation and stuff because they always need random commentator team. And members. we'll get them, you know, when they do ROH stuff, which you yes. know supposedly is going to be less of. But right, um, what what do you think of this match? Then we'll we'll jump in his title reign, which is going to be one of the more crazy ones we've yeah. ever done. Um, yeah. So Jericho went straight after Rick Abani. Leave him alone. Um, yeah, and- dude. What the fuck. Yeah, leave, leave, leave the fuck out of this, Jericho. Anyway, um, I like that he was shook up about it too. By the way, yeah, oh dude, Riccaboni's fucking so. I always talk about this. Riccaboni is so underrated. He's actually really great at making the show. He he adds so much excitement. I get excited listening to him talk about wrestling. Like he seems so happy and excited about it. Like it gets me, yeah. it gets me, it gets me fucking excited. But um, I, I was really surprised that uh, Claudio hit that neutralizer super early. Early kind of put Jericho on the back foot from the beginning. Um, they both hit some pretty cool offense in this match. Um, there was like a suplex off the apron at one point. There were some other cool spots like that. Um, I think uh, there was a really cool like like little spot that Jericho got where he dodged uh, the senton off the apron. So like, you know, Claudio just kind of ate it and it just looked really good. I was like, ah, oh, that's good. And then uh, 30 plus rotations on that big swing, Charlie. I counted. I mean, what? I think 36 is what Caprice said. Yeah. That, that'll win you a championship every time. It, it really will. Um I, that that would have to make you fucking dizzy. Oh my right? god! And it, I, you know, like it's a cool, it's a really cool ending. There were some really cool endings to matches in this. You know, like there were people that were knocked out. There were people that were choked till they were literally passed out. Um, that happened actually two different times. Once, once with the chain, and once just with, you know, pure uh, power with Wheeler Yuta. You know, like so, I, you know, just like a lot of people, like just got the shit kicked out of them on this show. And I think this is potentially Ring of Honor is going to. You know, have a really interesting direction it's going to go in going forward. I'm excited for Ring of Honor TV when it eventually starts. Um, but let's get into Jericho's title reign. Yeah, so Jericho, the, the Ocho, 80-day title reign, I think that's kind of fitting. 
<laughs> that totally um, wasn't on purpose. So he wins it at Grand Slam off Claudio in the shocker. I mean, honestly, I was fucking shocked. Claudio only held that 60 days going into that. <clears throat> and he debuts his new character, the Ocho. Um, the next week, he takes on Bandito. And, oh, that was such a fun fucking match, dude. Uh, he, he and Bandito, that's the match that got Bandito signed. Um, everyone knew Bandito's talent. But the fact that he got over that quick with that crowd, it kind of goes to our, our collage of signings that we just recently had with Takeshita, Bandito, AR Fox. I mean, you name it. We've been bringing in some serious talent to AEW. And that kind of almost, you could say, kickstarted this. Now we have 900 uh, people on State 897. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, two weeks later, he defeats Brian Danielson in Toronto, Ontario in another just awesome match. The next week, he defeats Dalton Castle. Boys. Dalton Castle and Chris Jericho really had some magic together. Two weeks later, Colt Cabana, the return, the oh, pop. Oh, Colt Cabana. Uh, he, he defeats Colt Cabana. And I mean, already with this title, we're like, Dude, this guy's beating everyone. Full gear 2022, he defeats Danielson, Claudio, and Sammy Guevara. in one of my favorite matches of the night. I mean, I, I don't think Chris Jericho was my, my favorite part of that match. But Sammy Guevara and Danielson were so fucking good in that. I mean, they, those Guevara. those two, seriously. I mean, everyone's good with Danielson, right? But Sammy Guevara and Danielson just were something special. And then four days later, he defends it against Tomohiro Ishii on the Thanksgiving Eve show in, in Chicago. He defeats the Bulldog. I mean, dude, this was awesome. The Stone Pitbull. Oh. Yeah. And, you know, three weeks later, he drops it at Final Battle to Claudio. 80 days, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight title matches. Dude, they did they went all out with the AIDS. Holy shit. If they plan this, they're sons of bitches, I swear to God. Uh <laughs> 80 days, eight title matches. Fucking Is there one of those matches that just sticks out to you? And it can't be Dalton Castle. Even why can't it be? Because we both know it's Dalton Castle. Let I me mean, do come on, that match was so good. Uh, no, the Ishii match was insane because he's literally yeah. chopped his chest open into a the ground beef chest. Uh, that was really something cool. Yeah. Eight fucking matches, of course, of course. So, yeah, guys, uh, that was some final battle. Uh, <laughs> it's an hour and fifty minutes into the show. Thanks for sticking around. And now let's get started on our AEW for the week. <laughs> um. So yeah, uh, if you want to kick us off with. Yeah. AEW Dark. Dark Elevation. Episode 92. Nick Camarado took on Hagane Shido. Uh, not a super great match. Uh, he almost ate it on a springboard, but, you know, I still think this guy could have some good stuff. And he got a shocking win over Camarado. It's like the second match the guys had, I think, and he's beaten Camarado. So maybe they see something in him. Um, but I'm interested to see what Hagane Shido does. We had Nyla Rose and Marina Shafir. Uh, beating up Cassian's mom. Um, yeah, dude, Marva. Yeah, don't, I don't know what that's <laughs> Yo, true heel. That character gimmick popped has every single time her face hit the screen, dude. I don't know what the hell that would deal with those that chick, but man, they find some interesting wrestlers on dark. Um, and uh, I think Marina looks better in tag matches than she does in uh singles matches. Uh, but I don't know if that means that she can't wrestle. I just I think she just needs to get some more some more reps in. So we'll see. We had Kiara Hogan taking on Nikki Victory. 
um, which uh, there was a really uh, great thrust kick that was hit by Kira at one point, and she did like the Miz clothesline thing in the corner. The only other person I know that does that is Wheeler, so cool to see that and somebody else. Um, yeah. And she had a nice hip attack, but uh, that's Tony Storm's thing, so stop it. Um, and yeah, so it's good to have her back. Uh, you know, Kira Hogan picks up the win. We had Top Flight taking on the Outrunners. Um, Dante looked good in this match. There was a Mario coin sound, I think, during this match at one point. Yeah, dude, what what was that? I had no idea what's going on there. I mean, what? But anyway, uh, Dante can literally fly. Um, and, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, Dante made the save at one point, you know, like one point uh, to, to stop. But I don't even know how they won won the match, but probably with like, a, oh, it was like, didn't they do like a, like a combined um uh, what was it, like with the with the nosedive move? Is it like combined uh, together on it? I think something like that. Yeah. Anyway, that being said, uh, we had Ethan Page backstage. Um, and he was setting up a match. Uh, I believe it was either later in the show or for the next show. Either way, he was a match set up uh, thing. But uh, he nearly broke Matt Hardy. He almost had him. Um, <laughs> close. Broken Matt. Open close, buddy. We had Madison Rain take on Emmy Sakura. Um. The, this is a there's so much goddamn experience combined in this re- wrestling ring it was ridiculous but um there was some ass smackery that's what i put in my notes um there was some tea time ass smackery yep there was some tea time it was successful uh, a little bit of we will chop you that's good chemistry actually there was a spinning ddt and a nice pin combo for the win i've seen that a lot lately on dark i like to see it yeah lee moriarty took on serpentico um lee is great there was a nice step up in Seguri that looked uh, pretty good I still believe Lee Moriarty has a lot of potential. And so I will keep saying that until he gets used more. The Embassy took on a couple of jobbers. Um, the Dan the Man guy was pretty fucking funny. And I think it would be fun to have him against Orange Cassidy. Um, yes. And or, Dan, the, or the Stooge. Um, this guy, Dan, seriously. And then there was a uh, guy, they, Neon Ninja. Like, that was pretty cool. Uh, this little trio here, this Dan guy got over. Yeah. Like, literally got over that quickly I, I i was so impressed by that and you're right get him with orange cassidy yep. i'm cool with that or 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 cutlet um and then drill claw uh for the win after the alley oh, sorry there was a drill claw that was hit and then they did like an alley power bomb and that was wwww all right we had kip sabian picking on alex reynolds for the third time uh no time wasted by kip uh, everything looked clean um he did a little cassidy ddt as a little like a hey, fuck you uh he had a nice double stomp and a hell of a pile driver uh was hit as well and uh kip sabian picked up the win i believe i think there was like a little bit of nonsense that was involved in that as well i could be wrong but uh yeah, kip sabian picked up the win off alex reynolds cementing that he is better than alex reynolds uh which and i think there was like a little bit of um i think i might have forgotten to write it down but there was a little bit of post-match here right where um i think right where because that's where the dustin thing happened right nope nope uh, uh oh, that no? was on a rampage oh that was yeah. on rampage okay hold it back i thought there was a thing on i thought they set that up prior maybe they didn't i don't know maybe i just i thought that was yeah, anyway the point is the main event of the evening we had kanosuke Takeshita taking on aaron solo bud um oh, yeah. still out here scouting uh we mentioned that earlier during the other Takeshita match but this was the the last time we saw it before it was on tv um, everybody that Takeshi gets in the ring with, he looks makes look better. Um, and he also makes himself look good at the same time. So that's, I think, like the mark of a good wrestler. And he had a beautiful bridge on the gut-wrench German suplex to pick up the W. Um, still looking for Aaron Solo to do anything. 
And with that, uh, that takes us to AEW Dark episode 173. So, Dark, um, these matches were taped uh, in early November in Atlantic City, so a little bit of it's behind. But, yeah, this was a pretty good uh, Dark main event here for sure. Um, ROH six-man tag champions Dalton Castle and the boys, they took on a defeat of Justin Carino, Jaden Velo, and Defarge. In a non-title match, this was about two and a half minutes. This was, I mean, this was what it was, right? This was just some fun. Nothing too crazy going on here. Um, And yeah, Abaddon, she took on a defeated Leva Bates. So Abaddon has since been hurt. So we were both kind of shocked about her being there. Uh, but I was down with it. It was, it was nice to see her. Leva Bates always looking good. Brian Cage uh, defeated uh, Leon Ruffin. This was a relatively quick match, but I think they got their shit in. And, you know, I'm so glad that every time Leon's up there, they do mention Leon was the North American champion. And that is a big thing to mention for him because that, you know, that put credibility for the rest of his career, which is why I'm sure, you know, Triple H probably did that. Uh, he cared about because yeah, he knew like there that. probably wasn't going to be much for him in the company. They clearly he probably saw the writing on the wall because nobody was interested in doing anything with him. But he was like, you know what? I'll put this on this guy, and he'll have credibility wherever he goes now. Yeah, he got he got the little quick win on Johnny Gargano, and for the rest of his career, he's forever an NXT North American champion. Cool stuff. Jay Lethal and Saddam oh, actually, Singh before you go on, I, I, but I, I did write yeah. one thing in my notes about that, which is I think he'd be great in Ring of Honor's mid card. Uh, Leon Ruffin. I do too. I do too. Yep. Uh, the Brick City Boys uh, got their ass whooped by Jay Lethal and Satnam Singh. Nothing nothing too special here. Yeah, we like the Brick City Boys, though, so we can give we a do. shout out, you know? Little boss man slam, little little lethal injection action, you know? I, I do like the Brick City Boys. Uh, Julio Cruz and Victor Chase. So, Athena defeated B3CCA. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, she got her ass whooped. She was tossing the meat grinder. Um, this is your ROH Women's Champion Athena beating the shit out of this girl. So we'll take that all day, right? Absolutely. <laughs> oh, the main event, man. Um, whoa, I wasn't expecting this. <laughs> Trent Breda, Anthony Henry. These guys went about eleven minutes. They got all their shit in. Uh, I I thought Anthony Henry and Trent Breda. This was a really good dark match. I really enjoyed this, and. Uh, Again, I just can't help but feel like if Anthony Henry's not in AEW's future with the Workhorsemen, they could really do some good shit in, in ROH because this Agreed. guy can go. He's screamed Ring of Honor for me for a while. Him and JD Drake both. I don't know why Drake has to be in AEW. It's not like I don't think he's worth yeah. it. I think I think if we put him over there in Ring of Honor, the Workhorsemen would be a great, like a uh, pretty well-known indie tag team to have in in uh, Ring of Honor. You know, it would be fitting. It would be fitting. So. So yeah, that'll do it for that. And uh, all right, and so now let's jump into. We're just gonna kind of go through Dynamite, the results, and then you know we don't have much left to talk about with Rampage because both of our favorites are in Rampage. Rampage, baby. Rampage, baby. Um, so let's kick this off with uh, Dynamite and the Dynamite Diamond Battle Royal. So we had Jungle Boy, Ricky Starks, Dustin Rhodes, Ethan Page, Lee Moriarty, Orange Cassidy, Kip Sabian, Matt Hardy, The Butcher, Sean Dean, Dalton Castle, and Brian Cage. So, um, Garrett, what did you what did you take away from this match? Uh, I I kind of felt like 
it was a little obvious who was going to win, but that's not necessarily the worst thing ever. So, yeah, um, I guess kind of go through this match. What did you think about it? And I'm going to go grab a pineapple. So Okay, copy, copy, copy. So, yeah, we had, uh, we had a little bit of a, bit, a little nice little pop for, for Dustin Rhodes when he came out. Uh, I liked that. Um, Dustin has got a lot of respect from the crowd, so you expect to see that. Um, there was actually a lot of heat. I don't remember. I didn't write it down in my notes who was it was that eliminated both Dustin and Cassidy. But either time that both of one of the – excuse me, let me rephrase that. Either time that one of them got eliminated, whoever it was that eliminated them got a nice boo from the crowd. So that means that they were doing some good stuff in the match and people were behind them to win. Um, we had a couple – we had like three saves on Dalton Castle by the boys uh, who you know obviously did the thing that we, we've seen the New Day do with Kofi Kingston and Battle Royals and stuff like that. I actually wrote in my notes that I thought who was eliminated by who here actually made a lot of sense because um, we actually had like uh, William, uh, sorry, Bill Morrissey uh, getting involved in some stuff as well. And uh, Charlie was saying it didn't really feel like we had somebody, we didn't think it wasn't going to be Ricky that won this year because it just makes sense that Ricky was going to go on to face MJF for all of this stuff. Um, because uh, this is, you know, it's been the story that been building up the last couple of weeks, but um yeah, I really liked the uh, Big Bill getting involved, and you know, uh, with with Ricky with the crowd behind him, I think this match was was structured really well. But yeah, like I said, I think everybody that was eliminated was eliminated by the right person. If they want to set stuff up out of this stuff going forward, they can, but they don't necessarily have to. Um, That's a good point. I was hoping you were back so bad because I was out of things to say. <laughs> I like Sean Dean getting the reaction that he got. Um, it's nice to see Sean Dean getting some love from the crowd. It kind of gave me this idea, you know. What if he ends up being one of those guys that kind of they slip into a? I love the boys, role. man. They're so fun. Saving, saving them from getting eliminated like three times, and like there was some good heat for the people that eliminated Dustin and Cassidy. So I mean, you know, that's good. Stuff yes, there, there was. Everything yep. worked. Use Big Bill more. Use Big Bill more. Can't agree more. So, moving on from that, uh, actually, the MJF music hitting. MJF and Ricky Starks kind of. Jump and do a, my God, I hope it's not the last promo war between these two. This wasn't even a war. This was a slaughter. This was an onslaught. Ricky Starks absolutely verbally beat down MJF. How how many times have you ever said that ever? Yeah. MJF said next week he'll be a four-time Dynamite Diamond champion. Called Starks the drizzling shits. Quoted the rocks. Said Starks is a dollar store with Dwayne. Called Starks the pebble. <laughs> MJF is so brilliant. Send send it back to Billy Corgan's NWA on YouTube. <clears throat> I don't know if we need to be saying that in this company. MJF hit his catchphrases before Starks grabs the mic, called him a maxi pad and a fifth rate Roddy Piper. He he lit him up from head to toe, talking about his cheap suits, shoes, the heat. MJF is always letting people down, while Starks constantly delivers. Next week he shuts MJF up. Smacks the mole off his neck and takes his title. MGF kicked Starks low, went for the ring punch, but Starks ducked and hit a fucking beautiful spear. Speared, he literally speared him out of his shoes. That was so good. He held up the title to a massive ovation. Is this the first time we've seen someone just destroy MJF? You know, MJF feels like he got verbally destroyed when he takes the bump at the end of the at the end of the segment, like. I just think, even though this is the first title contender, 
man, I hope they keep it going with him because yeah, I would like for them to abandon the whole rankings means you have to go to the back of the line thing. If this storyline is good and it is, then like just like if they if they would have continued with CM Punk if there wasn't reasons why they decided not to, you know, like I think this storyline can seriously take Ricky to the next level, and that's the goal here, right? I, I let's yes. make Ricky one of the next big stars. Man, how about this? Is how you do this? We got we got a guy on our list of pillars in a world title match next week, Charlie. Or this week, I guess. What a great week, man. Seriously, what a great week for our guys. It's <laughs> a great week. John Moxley's One, one of our boys made the pape. Come on. Come on. Dude, Wheeler, Wheeler you to beat fucking Danny like, Garcia. Two of our boys made the pape in pre-show, but still, it's the pape. Yep. Dante and his brother pick up a victory over... Uh, they weren't over Shinobi. Was it, were they? I think they I already think forgot. They yeah, Either way, they, they picked up a great win. Um, yeah. So John Moxley's backstage says this is all elite wrestling, not all elite talking. But that was some elite talking, John. I'm going to disagree with you here. That was some elite talking. He enjoys the fighting. So this weekend at Rampage, final battle, the BCC. Ayo, bring back what they do best. Moxley will be ringside the night to make sure no shenanigans happen. Said if Hangman Page want another piece, he knows where to find it. What the fuck is John going to do? Bring a gun? Shenanigans are like fucking rain in this company. Like the hell? He just needs to go hit up Arn Anderson backstage real quick. Yo, Arn, can I borrow it? Can I borrow the glove? <laughs> so, let's jump into what was almost my favorite. Um, TNT and ROH TV champion Samoa Joe defeated Joe Darby Allin to re- retain the TNT title. Um, Joe just steamrolled Darby in the first half. Um, Allen kind of turned it on in the second half, and he almost regained his uh, TNT title. That he formerly held. What a great title reign also. But this was so much fun. I mean, Joe just was wailing on this guy. Darby Allen was just doing things that he, he doesn't care about his life. Uh, this is what I want the TNT title to be. Every week. Every week. We go out. We have a fun match. And the story is he eventually loses it to someone. And then that person continues. So what the I TNT think is title about is some... that, too, is that this yeah. match was just kind of randomly put together. But, like, Darby Allen has such a history with this championship now that you can literally see him winning it off of whoever's got it. It doesn't matter if they're, like, two days yeah. in the title reign. You can see Darby Allen winning like, it. Like, we can do this little Wardlow storyline. You know, maybe we'll end it at Holiday Bash or wherever they're going. But let's 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 do Samoa Joe facing people weekly. And then eventually, that's when you bring out Miro. They have an insane match, and then they run it back the next week, and then the next week, and eventually you have Miro fucking win it. <laughs> Give me them fighting every week. Um, yeah, what do you, what nah, you think? We need, we need Miro the... versus God. Yes. By the way, that code red. Um, uh, Darby Allen hit a code red on Joe here that was just unbelievable, and Joe was very vicious at the end, putting the muscle buster onto the skateboard. Really good stuff. Uh, what did you think of this match? And uh, yeah. Really good stuff. I'm surprised it got as much time as it did. I, I just thought this was going to be a steamrolling squash, but they ended up giving Darby Allen. It felt like that at the beginning. But hey, yeah. Darby Allen, they will always respect Darby Allen in this company. Yes. I, I'll give it to him. You never bet against Darby on the pay per views. Um, and <laughs> hell no. That's your, by the way, if you bet on AEW shows, to bet Darby Allen will win. You're going to be right most of the time. But anyway, um, I say you make your money. But anyway, so yeah, duh, 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 duh. yeah, there was a really cool spot where the coffin drop was caught by a, a rear naked choke, which is like against Samoa Joe. That makes sense. He's not going to let that happen. He's going to see it happening, and 
and throw you into a submission, but that didn't get the win ultimately. He, uh, he hit the skateboard muscle buster, like you were saying, and that's not a really, really fun match, you know? Agreed. Agreed. Uh, really fun stuff. So, all right. Tony Schiavone's backstage with Orange Cassidy and Kip. Cassidy said if Sabian wants a title shot, all he had to do was ask. Sabian said he's hurt from the Battle Royal, so Cassidy said to pick him someone to fight to defend the title against on Rampage. Sabian pondered it and walked off. Shivani made the match official. Shivani has that power now. If you don't know, now you know. Shivani GM has Tony. The power. Tony Shivani, the real GM, confirmed. Leaked sources have let us know. The um, sources were Tony Shivani. It's been him all along. He was Claudio Casandoli, Wheeler Yuta, took on and defeated ROH Pure Champion Daniel Garcia and Jake Hager. Um, this was this was a pretty good match. This was kind of you know, I feel like this is a pairing we've seen a hundred times, but it might be the first time we've seen this match. Uh, <laughs> JS controlled the entire commercial break. The Combat Club came firing back when they returned. There was a little bit of clunky, but um, overall this was a really good match. And uh, the post match Regal pre tape was a little bit of a different explanation than I thought we would get for this storyline. And you know what? Moxley didn't even really uh, address it, but this was Regal's farewell. Uh, They just seemed confused. I think... I think they're going the route of, you know, hey, Regal knew what he had to do to make the uh, Blackpool Combat Club stick together. They had to beat... They had to theoretically hate him, but it was his plan all along. You know... It was a fun little story. I mean, I, I think they need to expand upon that lore a little bit. I think the way uh, they put it, they, it didn't come across very well, but I think the idea was that they're going to get stronger by not needing him, that they've grown out of yeah, needing him, which well I, yes. I, fair enough, but I mean, like, eh, it's a little confusing. I, they might have just been better off not addressing it at all. Like, Maybe, but I think at the end they wanted to close the book on Regal always kind of, you know, Regal's the good guy, so... Is he though? He kind wow, of wow. Actually, uh, Mandy Rose's guy, title reign just ended. Whoa, whoa! Four hundred thirteen day title reign. The first ever ROH Women's Champion, Roxy, also known in NXT as Roxanne Perez. Oh, wow. okay, she's good. So okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. NXT spoilers. If you uh, were catching this, oh, yeah, and shit, watching you... NXT later. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I just got a notification for that, and that actually caught my eye. Four hundred. Oh, That's huge! Wow, good shout out, Roxanne Perez. Uh, the never-ending we, title reign of Mandy Rose has finally come to an end. Second longest ever behind Oscar, uh, which was ended by our uh, Ember Moon. So, you know, shout out Athena. But, yeah, this tag, it was what it was. A little confusing at the end there, but I hope they expand upon that lore and we don't just settle in that and that's it. Like, I hope... What I don't want is them to not mention that Regal started this fucking thing. Like, you know what let's I not think, have... though? Out of that match, I thought, you know what they missed? Kind of the super hard. They did that Claudio versus Hager match. I think that story might have had legs. Yeah. Maybe not super long ones, but maybe You're right. pay-per-view cycle. I didn't even really cycle. think about it either. I think they yeah. could have actually done something. There's enough wrestling between the two of them, plus the history. I think there's... I. They could always go back to it, but I think it would have made more sense when he first got there, you know? Yeah. House of Black video is shown Malachi saying anyone who has an issue with what they've done in recent weeks, face them next Wednesday. Cool. Village, cool, cool. the village. Village, the village. Tony Schiavone, pre-recorded interview with women's champ Jamie, Jamie fucking hater. 
uh, who said, I don't, who said finally <laughs> has a chance to speak. Uh, Shivani asked her thoughts on the Karo Shida versus the Bunny on Rampage. Shout out the Bunny. Hager said she'll have a close eye on the match and grats the winner of that match for the next who? shot at her title. Uh, Jamie Hader and Hikaru Shida? <sighs> buddy. Now. Hey, buddy. Mm-hmm. Now you're, now you're speaking to me. Uh, the baddies. Jade Cargill. Layla Gray. Red Velvet. The Red Velvet Return. Defeated Sky Blue, Madison Rain, and Kiera Hogan. Uh, so, here's the story of this match, right? Red Velvet's return. Kiera Hogan, you know, she's finally getting her hands on Jade. You know, what the fuck? You pick Layla Gray over me? Like, seriously, Jade? Even I'm in, in kayfabe here. I'm like, why'd you pick her over her? Like, seriously. Hey, why are you doing that, pal? We like Kiera Hogan here. But, holy shit, welcome back, Red Velvet. Uh, Yo, when Red Velvet tied up uh, Kiera, it was Sky Blue, right? It was either Sky Blue or Kiera Hogan. She tied her up on the outside, kind of with the uh, the ring apron, and just was laying some beautiful fucking punches. I mean, Red Velvet can go, man. I thought when Jade picked up, you know, when Jade went in at the end here, we knew where this was going to go. She just fucking, she took over, and that was it. You're not touching Jade. I, other than Kira Hogan got some good punches on her. But, yeah, man. Welcome back, Red Velvet. Uh, we missed you. Yes. I, I hope we get some more Red Velvet Dark matches from here on out. Absolutely. Because I also hope- I seriously think she's one of the most talented women on the roster. She oh, is yeah. fantastic. And she brings up the baddies to another level. I don't know about Layla over Kira. I'm still kind of... Yeah, I, I don't understand that decision at all. I Whatever. It doesn't make unless sense they literally like perspective either. That's what confuses me. Like, unless they, they literally have like IRL like kind of beef with each other. That's like the only thing I can think maybe? of. Maybe I mean I don't know. Maybe or yeah, I, like I don't know. Um, it doesn't make sense to me. However, I like the stories intertwining with Sky and Madison kind of still being a tag. Yeah, I they're, hope they they're, are. I, they had Madison they're our babyface so. tag team of the women's division. So I really like you that. Know. But Jade still can't beat a comeback to a babyface. So uh, work on that. Yeah, no, she's uh, <laughs> that was not happening here. Uh, the her block of the boot, yeah, yeah, Red Velvet, welcome back. Tony Schiavone's backstage with uh, I almost did it again, Soraya, uh, who got out a few words hey, before Bit Baker interrupted. Baker gave Soraya tickets to the Kia Forum on January 12th edition of Dynamite. Baker made a challenge for a tag team match with her and Jamie Hader and Soraya and a partner of her choosing. Any guesses at all that come to your mind? No idea. I, I can't even. I couldn't even think of a guess because I was like Soho. Wow, Soho maybe is Layla back? Is she? Can she go yet? Can Statlander go yet? Is like those are the two returns we're waiting on now. Um, Willow maybe that would be fun. Or is it just going to be Hikaru Shida? That's kind of what it makes. It could me be think Shida because Shida's facing Hater, so that would make sense too. That's what it makes me think now. So you know what? That's it. Boom. My guess. Our guess. Eat, sleep, elites, guess. Karoshita. There you go. Stapled. Run it to the press. We <laughs> are the press. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Uh, the acclaimed Anthony Bowens and Max Caster with daddy ass. Defeated. Oh, Triple A, ROH, and IWGP tag team champions FTR to retain the AW tag team titles. They put this on in the main event. What an in- What a fucking fun main event. Both teams looked fantastic. The, it was a flash finish, though, man. This was a quick finish. 
Uh, I did not expect it to end the way it did. And they waited until the last second to announce uh, where FTR was going next. And that was a, that's where we got our uh, double dog collar shot at the guns for giving that. Um, Max Caster made a Herschel Walker reference. The camera cut to a Ted Cruz hate scissoring sign. Uh, Really right away. They just got going. And more, most importantly here, the acclaimed, you know, we kind of mentioned it last week. The acclaimed beating FDR solidifies their title reign as now in kayfabe, everyone's going to take it a little more seriously. They just beat the best tag team in the world. They just beat FDR. They just beat the team that's had the best 2022. Like they just beat them with, with no shenanigans. They beat them. That's the kind of shit you run with. FTR has reached a spot in their career. They've reached a spot in their legacy where the acclaim beating them makes their title reign that much better. And I thought I the match cool. delivered. I thought it was really good. So, um, yeah, what did, what did you think of the match and uh, the result here of the acclaimed? Yeah, there was a AW tag team champions. Yeah, there was cool spots throughout this match. We had some double sharpshooters put on by the acclaimed at one point. Uh, Tony Shimani actually made a really good point during this match. It's perpetual motion in their in their style that makes FTR feel like a real fight is happening, um, which is a really interesting point that I had not considered. Uh, Bowen sold the shit out of a knee strike at one point. Um, There's a really nice near, near fall on a neck breaker. They, uh, they kicked out of the spike pile driver, so that's a good move for them to kick out of. They were like gigabrain trading back and forth, um, you know, teamwork moves and saves that ended in Bowens breaking up a big rig for that was going to get the win. Um, and then Cash barely got caught, and they earned the respect of FTR. And then right after that, we got the uh, double dog collar match. I will say, I wish they had, I wish there maybe had been a segment break in between them announcing that match because I did feel a little weird that the acclaimed got a win and then they talked to FTR afterward. It was a little weird, yeah. but, you know, I mean, whatever. Yeah. I was like, ah, what are we doing? I agree. I agree. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, yeah, that that's it for Rampage, or uh, Dynamite for us. And, honestly, really fun Dynamite. Uh, I, I was very pleased by the ending. I thought we opened really good, and... Ricky Starks, the acclaimed. Think about all these names that are get that we're highlighting right now. I mean, what a good year for some of these guys. Seriously, absolutely. Rampage. We talked Maybe. about the opening match. John Moxley, Kanosuke Takeshita, fucking incredible stuff. Uh, the Hangman stuff after another chapter from the Book of Hobbs. I I am so glad they're putting this on TV. This is seriously when the. This is how you feature someone without having them wrestle every week. You give them these segments that it's different every time. It's showing the backstory of Hobbs. I mean, dude, he's they're showing Hobbs sitting on a and he's sitting on like this uh it's not a curb. I mean, it's it's basically a curb. It's like these stairs next to a curb. It's like a porch or something. And there's blood on it and he's just like, yeah, I used to clean up blood here. This is this is the life I lived. This is who I was. This is who I am. Like, and that's the thing. These types of characters, you know, traditionally we we don't really get this in wrestling. And the fact that we are now, it, it shows so much progress too, by the way. But it's just like, I'm so glad that we are getting this stuff from Hobbs because 
when we come out of this, he's going to beat the living shit out of someone, and it's going to be great. Last couple weeks, we've had a lot of segments like this. We have the House of Black going and filming stuff off Ellison places. We have um, a little bit of that from uh, Hobbs now. I would like to see that become a more regular thing. It's very much an impact, I feel like, that they used to do more often. WWE did it at one point, but it feels like it kind of moved away from that, and it's been I've seen it a lot on Impact and stuff like that. I would like to see them get more cinematic with some of these things. Because that's what I would say the biggest Agreed. thing about this. It felt kind of like cinematic, which is cool, you know? Agreed. And uh, very good stuff out of this. I I am looking forward to the next chapter in the Book of Hobbs. Seriously. So, Do you have any ideas about who you want Hobbs to face next? Like, with this current story he's going on? I mean, depending on how long they do this, if he came out of this and just... It's got to be some, some, you know, happy-go-lucky baby face, right? If he comes out of this and we see him just lay waste to fucking Orange Cassidy after like the Kip Sabian feud or something. Like seriously, if he just beats the crap out of him, like unexpectedly jumps him or something like after a match, say he slide. You know what I'm talking about? Like how we did with uh, absolutely Wardlow and Samoa Joe. We kind of slid in the ring and started fucking wailing on him. If he does that. You could you could have him have matches with individual members of that group. And then that's when you. You know, by then, will I be like seven months, eight months into an Orange Cassidy title reign? You move on to Powerhouse Hobbs as the dominant big champion. That's when we can get him and Keith Lee. You know, the meat, that's the, the match I really want to see. I really want to see him and Keith Lee. Fuck, the that's what we should have said slap, instead of Big E earlier when we were talking about that. Uh, by the way, Stokely Hathaway he showed a tape exposing some uh, mal- <laughs> malfeasance committed by the officials in Hook's match a few weeks ago with Lee Moriarty. Will this injustice be overturned? Until then, off to Waffle House with MJF's money. Seriously. He had his homegirl recording in the crowd. This is what he said. They gave him video footage. I, th- I want to say her name Keisha. was Kira. Keisha, there it is. And and she, you know, takes taking her to Waffle House. So, you know, hey, good for you, uh, Stokely. And yeah. you know what? Respect the Stokely. It be he might be a rich man now, but he's, he's, he still hits the Waffle House. <laughs> Fucking Waffle House, man. He said you can get all the all-stars you want. All right. Hikaru Shida defeated the Bunny to retain the Regina the Wave Championship. This is also a shot for the AW Women's Championship. You know, this was one of those matches where not much happened before it went to a commercial break. And they showed a bunch of clips of what happened when they got back. Uh, Shida countered Bunny's down-the-rabbit-hole finisher with one of her own. Shida went for the cover. Penelope Ford tossed Shida's kendo stick into the ring to break up the pin. Sheeta went after Ford on the floor. After some miscommunications from the heels, Sheeta hit Bunny with a Meteor on the floor. Thought that was really nice. Back in the ring, Sheena dropped Bunny with a Michinoku driver. Then she finished Bunny off with a spinning kick. And yeah, I mean, outside of the match, it seemed like a lot of the match happened between split screen and commercial. I thought they came out pretty good. Yeah. And after the match, Jamie Hayter came out to confront Sheeta on the entrance. And yeah, they had the belt. So Sheeta and Jamie Hayter is a dub. Uh, what'd you think of the match? And then how are you looking forward to that match? Yeah, it looks like it's going to be a really fun match. I thought this was a really good match as well. Um, good to see the bunny getting in some, you know, championship notice. Maybe she'll do some stuff with the wave promotion. That'd be kind of cool. Um, that would be cool. Or maybe, maybe her and uh, Penelope both. That'd be pretty dope. Um, I think bunny did do some stuff in Japan at one point, but um, if not, maybe it'd be a great opportunity for, her. Um, and you know, we we like seeing our, our our good old Canadian pal there getting some fucking getting Canadian the, uh, Canadian uh, yeah bud. Speaking of buds, Big Bill and Lee Moriarty, their new team, 
defeated Clayton Bloodstone and Izzy James. Big Bill, W. Morrissey, Big Cass, whatever you want to call him. So this is their first showing as a new tag. And I was very pleased by it. It wasn't like overly impressive. It was a two-minute squash. But something I really wanted to see was when Big Bill hits the ring, I want to see him explode. And he did. He is seriously such a special big man. And I think it works best in a tag. And why not put him with one of our guys, Lee Moriarty, who, as we've mentioned before, he's kind of like our honorary fifth pillar. I mean, that's that's who Lee Moriarty is. It's so. not honorary at this point. We don't have to just have four. There's more. There can be more than four pillars in a building. You know what? You're goddamn right there is. And so, yeah, Big Bill looked good here. I think this could be the beginning of something but We're building the and goddamn wrestling Parthenon here, all right? Yes, we are. <laughs> What you think of the, the debut as a team, Big Bill and Lee Moriarty? The firm. They looked good together. I kind of hope this is a team. Um, you know, maybe that's what Big Bill has been missing is a tag partner that he can actually work with. You know, um, that's not going to be like a complete jerk backstage. You know, so um, just don't tag him with CM Punk. <laughs> Lexinari interviewed FTR. FTR accepted the challenge from the Biscos for final battle. Ortiz and Eddie Kingston challenged the House of Black. Oh. Uh, yeah, and then we got into our main event, so that was it for Rampage. Some Rampage, baby. Um, <laughs> so let's jump into a little bit of final battle predictions, all right? And, uh, let me just say this real quick. This was a great Rampage. I don't want to yeah. bury that. This was really something fun, and I hope they can uh, keep that up, because that was fun. So, this coming week, today, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, which... Probably everyone is, unless you're in Hawaii. Yeah, Hawaii. Uh, <laughs> winner is coming tonight. The AW World Championship Dynamite Diamond Ring winner takes all. MGF Ricky Starks. Lord I'm gonna Starks. go. I mean, I'm really excited about this match. I'm gonna go MGF here. I just think yeah, it's you, too early. Yeah, right? too early. He just won the title. No shot. Just too early, man. No pebble. Um. AW World Trios Championship Best of Seven Series Death Triangle versus the Elite Death Triangle currently leads two to one. I got the Elite tying it up. We're going two two. Yeah, I, unfortunately, I do as well. I think they should yeah. have gone down three zero, but you know that's just me. It could create a better story. Yeah, not wrong. Ruby Soho, Ty Mello. This is the match. You know, Ty broke her nose. Yeah, I mean, Ruby has to win. Yeah, obviously, Ruby gets to be in here. <laughs> looking ex- looking forward to seeing Ruby back. House of Black in action and Chris Jericho in action. We don't know who they're facing yet. I mean, maybe House of Black faces Eddie and Ortiz. If they do, I still got the House of Black. And no matter who Jericho faces, unless it's Fuego, I got Jericho. <laughs> Fuego wins over Jericho. <laughs> Fuego's uh, debut in the Dark Order. Send it. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm still holding on to that. I still, I still want it. No. <laughs> Never. Never. Oh, shit. Shall so, never happen. that'll be it for us, guys. This was a loaded episode. Uh, if you guys stuck around to the end, man, thank you very much. We really appreciate it. Um, and we know some of you guys do, so it's really nice to see that you enjoy it. So, again, if you feel like connecting with us, uh, Twitter's the way. Eat Sleep Elite. Shout out to you guys that have reached out to us, and we really appreciate it. Uh, this coming week, next weekend, winter is coming. We'll have our post show. You know, that, that'll be the main that'll be the main topic of next week. And then we will have the official date of our awards show. So next week is uh when the ballots end, you could say, right? 
<laughs> so holiday bash, unfortunately, will not be counted, but I don't think that'll make too much of a difference. So looking forward to that a lot. We got the Pillar Show. We'll be doing that in 2023. Pillars. Maybe that's when we introduce the fifth one, right? Even though if you guys stuck around to an hour and 51 minutes, you know who it is. But that'll be it for us, guys. The boys are sending us out. This is Eat Sleep Elite. Catch you on the flip side, Vision. Pounce on me.